and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review. And Adam, this is going to be an interesting one because this is probably not an album anyone uh, or their mother thought we were going to review. Yes, I have a feeling this might be one of our lowest listened to episodes, (laughs) uh, only because they're going to be like, why the hell are you reviewing Yanni Live at the Acropolis? But maybe that's why this should be our most listened to ah, review. Aha, aha. Maybe they'll be curious. Why in the, really? Yanni? I mean, they've done grunge. They've done alternative, Britpop. Uh, country. Country. But why not Yanni? Why not? Uh, and also, Yanni is absolutely nostalgic for us. Uh, this album in particular is something that uh, I know our mother had in the house and we mm-hmm. were listening to. But even more than that, I I know I got introduced to this album in particular on PBS. Yes, it was kind of a um, kind of a cultural phenomenon that happened um, because of the sort of the you know the PBS showing mm-hmm. of of this concert event, kind of like what you would have with like Riverdance. Yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. some of the other things that that that. Uh, Happened you know, around that time, and and still happen every now and then. You get mm-hmm. these sort of big, sort of I'd call it, I'd call it like a cultural event, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, if you have not figured out, uh, even though Adam already said it, uh, we are <laughs> talking about the album Live at the Acropolis by Yanni. He goes by Yanni. Uh, his full name is uh, Yanni, and I'm gonna mess this up because it's Greek. Uh, it's Yanni Chrysomalis. Chrysomalis. Mm. I think that's I think that's right. He is a Greek-born composer, uh, pianist, producer, mm-hmm. but he's actually, I didn't know this, he's lived in the U.S. for the vast majority of his life. He moved okay. over to the U.S. in 1972. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Earlier than I thought. Yeah, and in yeah. fact, the performance for Live at the Acropolis was the first time he'd ever performed in his native country. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, he killed it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. So, uh, as Adam mentioned, we were definitely introduced to this through uh, the sort of live show version of this. Uh, also, our mother had the album. That's yeah. where we first you know, heard it. Much like a lot of things in our life, uh, especially in music, our mother introduces us to a lot of things. And I'm sure that's the same with a lot of people where their parents are really sort of the, the introduction to things that normally they probably wouldn't have found on their own. Yeah. So the album itself came out on March 1st, 1994. Uh, was recorded in September 25th of the previous year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know, it was seven, eight months? Yeah. I mean, you got to do some mixing and, you know, yeah. sweetening of different stuff. Oddly enough, all of that done by Yanni himself. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I saw that as well. I was like, okay, this guy, I mean, obviously he knows music very well because he probably composed everything. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, he if he's doing all of the mixing as well, then he's a pretty impressive technician on top of everything as well. Right. One of the most interesting things about Yanni, uh, and I remember this from an interview when he became really popular after this, didn't know how to read music. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, good. He, That's always impressive to me. He did everything by ear. Okay. Um, I imagine uh, because he's playing this, uh, because he's playing this uh, concert with a full orchestra, mm-hmm. that I imagine he had help arranging his music for the orchestra, uh, that's not uncommon. In fact, that happens quite a bit. In fact, a lot of times uh, when you talk to film composers, they will write the music, but they will have somebody else who orchestrates it for the orchestra for them. Yeah. Somebody who who really knows how to 
take the you know the the music that they've written and voice it for the orchestra. So it's it that in itself is really not that uncommon. No, I mean. It reminds me of myself. When I was in <laughs> middle school and high school, I couldn't read the music either. I played trombone, so I just kind of, whatever slide position the other guy next to me did, I just kind of did the same thing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I could kind of read music. Kind of and then I stopped it, and now I almost forget everything. <laughs> so. Um, so I don't know about you, John, but for me, uh, this album really kind of ended up sparking something special for Yanni for me, a very strong appreciation for mm-hmm. him and his music and like just new age music in general. Right. Uh, mainly because I have an appreciation for probably because I was in music classes. There's a lot of similar ties between classical music and new age. Yeah. You just kind of get more, you know, synth or electronic kind of stuff into it. Um, but right. there's a lot of very similar elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say with Yanni's albums in particular, it's one that I utilize when I read I am mm. uh, one of those kind of people that I cannot read without music. I mean, I can. I'm not, you know, I'm not an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but I, if I'm reading for pleasure, I don't like to read without music because to me it kind of helps block out the rest of the world around me. Mm-hmm. I can kind of, I, I need, and it has to be something without words. And so I have multiple instrumental um, or, you know. Uh, soundtracks that i go to like yeah the braveheart soundtrack lord of the Rings soundtrack are a couple that i you know mm-hmm. if i'm really feeling some intense stuff <laughs> um but i have uh you know I, I listen to quite a bit of yanni when i read and this includes like comic books anything whatever it is for pleasure like i mm-hmm. need to drown out the world around me so i can like focus in on whatever i'm reading and so yanni uh is particularly one of my go-tos um be, when i'm anytime i'm doing that so he's kind of like on a fairly normal rotation i'm not much of a big reader but like i'll do mm-hmm. it uh you know you made me read three star trek <laughs> or star wars books for <laughs> for one of our episodes right uh which was fun actually i really enjoyed those books but i was listening to yanni like right. crazy on those <laughs> um, but yeah i will say i own 18 yanni albums really yes Wow, that is impressive sir so uh yeah i mean impressive. it's it, you can definitely call me a fan i own Two. Okay. <laughs> so Live of the Acropolis, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Live of the Acropolis. And the other one's a best best of. Okay. Is it ultimate or just best? It's of? ultimate. Ultimate. Yeah. Well, that's a two disc set. I've got that same one okay. as well. That's a really good one. That's actually, actually probably what I go to more most often is okay. his uh ultimate one. But there I've got a bunch and you know, they're all they're all worth your time, people. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I and specifically off of that album, there's there's a song that uh was n- that's that he didn't play on Live at the Acropolis mm-hmm. called Marching Season. Probably, probably my favorite Yanni song of all time. Yeah. Um, but he did. It wasn't. He didn't play it on this one. I don't remember if that song was out when he did Live at the Acropolis. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, yeah, there's a couple of them that are also on there, like Aria, which is a huge. Or, uh, to me, it feels like a very you know one of the bigger um, Yanni songs, and it right. wasn't on Live at the Acropolis either. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. I, I do. I like Margin Season as well. Yeah, great stuff. Okay. Well, if you want about you know seventeen more albums or sixty more <laughs> albums, we'll swap. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. So it was uh, famously uh, recorded at the 
and I'm going to mess this up too, Herodes Atticus Theater. Well, okay, that was not a bad, which is connected to the Acropolis. Okay. Because uh, the Acropolis is the entire citadel. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, But yeah. the theater is that, and apparently Yanni spent, uh, this was like a year and a half in the making of him meeting with the mayor of the town and the 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 archaeological societies and all that stuff to make sure that he could do this, and yes, mm-hmm. he could do this without harming, you know, uh, such a historic site. Yeah. yeah in, in Athens, Greece, obviously, in case you didn't. Yes. I can't remember if we said that or not. Not yet. Okay. I was getting there. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I <laughs> no, <it's> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is in uh, in Athens, Greece. And Yanni put up two million dollars of his own money to do this. He couldn't. He couldn't find anyone to fund it, so he just said, yeah. "Screw you guys! I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna do it myself." <laughs> I like that. So I, I have to say, it pretty much paid off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. This is how I found him. I'm sure how a lot of us found him. You know, because of this concert. So I mean, talk about taking a risk. Two million dollars of your own money to record a, a live concert. Now, granted, he was smart. He made it. Uh, he made it. He hired a video crew. Mm-hmm. He made it an event. It wasn't just a concert. He made a whole event. When the album came out, it charted number one on the New Age albums. It mm-hmm. charted number five on the Billboard 200. So that's that's incredible. Like for a for, for that a, is like the top albums. Yes. And it is yeah number five for a Yanni album. People yeah. people like laugh when I tell them I enjoy Yanni. And yeah. I'm like, My next words are fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but that's that is awesome. <laughs> um, and he won a primetime Emmy. Oh shit! Okay. For uh, outstanding individual achievement in lighting direction for a drama series, variety series, miniseries, or a special. Okay. So not necessarily for the music. Well, but I wouldn't say he won that. <laughs> I mean, like maybe unless he does the lighting on top of the mixing on top I, of everything else. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? It could have been him. Yeah. But I mean, you know, his is uh, it, that's something. It's yeah. To say, I'm not sure. Yeah, you're right. He probably didn't win the Emmy. It was yeah. whoever was the lighting director won it. You know what? Fuck it. I'm sure he did it. Yeah. He's that. He's that good. <laughs> He probably told them what to do. Yeah. Like, I want this here and this here and this here. Mm-hmm. Put it out on the label Private Music, which was just a, an independent label, mm-hmm. Amer- uh, an American independent label. And I think that's all the back stuff. Um, let me go into briefly the uh, personnel who are on the on the album. Okay. Now, he has a six-piece band that he normally toured with, and then the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra joined him for this performance, so... He pulled out all the stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that full sound of like an orchestra with with the group is with the band. Yeah, it, it really helps. It does. It helps a lot. It adds a lot to it. So uh, obviously, Yanni was playing piano and keyboards. Charlie Adams was on drums. Karen Briggs was on violin. Uh, Michael Kalani Bruno was his is his percussionist. Kalani actually mostly goes by Kalani is actually very famous in music education circles because that's what a lot of what he's done over the last decade or so has really been pushing music education, okay. especially for young children. Nice. Through the use of percussion and stuff like that, which is actually very common. Uh, I, being an elementary music teacher myself, if you were, walked into my classroom, 90% of what instruments I have in there are percussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's you know it's very easy teaching a small child to play a wind instrument is not easy. As someone who has to teach fourth and fifth graders how to play recorder, yeah, I can tell you it is That's not a, easy. Here's a double reed bassoon. Go, <laughs> not happening. Yeah, no, not <laughs> happening. Ugh. Rick Fiera Brocky played bass guitar. Uh, Julie Homie and Bradley Joseph were on additional keyboards, and then the Royal Philharmonic Concert Orchestra uh, with. Shardad Rahani, who which is was a was an Iranian composer and conductor, mm-hmm. 
uh, was conducting his orchestra. And that is pretty much the personnel on, as far as performing goes. Okay. Um, obviously, I'm not going to list everyone in the Royal Philharmonic <laughs> Orchestra. So we just went with his people. Um, and, yeah, actually, looking on here, he had several people, including uh, Rohani, who helped him with orchestrations and, and arrangements and stuff like that, which cool. makes sense, especially for someone who doesn't read music. Because, obviously, the, or- the orchestra itself, maybe I would bet – if he's just with his six-piece band, most of those guys, like I can tell, they can improvise. If Yanni mm-hmm. just says, okay, here's what I'm playing, they'll just create underneath what he needs. Yeah, You can't really do that with an orchestra, just not just not that with that many people. So you have to have things written out and, and ready for them. So you need someone who can help with that. Do you have anything else to add before we kind of jump in? No, I'm just excited. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I am really happy that we're doing this kind of album I, you know I, we do have eclectic tastes in music and you mm-hmm. know we're i'm willing to listen to almost anything and everything and so i'm actually kind of really excited to i hope someone checks this out who hasn't really heard yanni music before and you know maybe it will spark something with them so yeah. so with few exceptions actually with only one exception Pretty much every track on this album is at least five minutes long, if not almost six minutes long. Yeah, this is not for, uh, you know, this is not a quick singles kind of no, uh, album. No, no. And it, considering, you know, it's a lot of, it, it, well, it's not a lot of, it's all instrumentals. Mm-hmm. That's not unheard of and almost to be expected, really. Yeah. So yeah. we start off with a song named after a town in Greece. Which is actually very well known for its white, sort of domed buildings. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is the track called Santorini. So I think this is a really interesting track to start with. It's full of energy. Um, it has kind of a, what I maybe call an ABA form, or maybe an ABCA form, mm. where you have three to four distinct, or two to three, I'd say, two to three distinct sections, but it's all one piece. Mm-hmm. You start off with this really high energy, rhythmic, uh beginning with the strings and percussion um, in a very common time signature for Greek music, which is called seven, eight. Hmm, okay. um, if you count the, um, if you count the groupings, you have a two, a two and a three. So bump, bump. So with, 
yeah, if you're listening to just the just the the main accents of it, you have bum 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 bum. But if you count the inner beats, one two three four five six seven one two three four five six seven. Uh, seven eight or seven basically seven is a very common rhythmic structure in Greek music. So that in itself, and you'll actually see this, you'll hear it quite a bit in a lot of his other songs. Uh, because of his influence of his native country. So you get this really cool um, sort of heroic-sounding horns coming in with the the melody. It really kind of like builds up and just it's sort of like it's like a big so like a big fanfare. Okay. Like a fanfare opening to announce here's where we begin. Yeah. So Adam, what are you what are your thoughts on this song? We'll kind of start with We'll kind of talk the section by section because this is going to be an interesting way of breaking a lot of these down because there's so much content yeah. within one song. Uh, and you can do the fantastic technical breakdown, and I'll just be like, I like this song. It's good. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much my thoughts. Actually, I have a little bit more. I mean, as you put it, this song starts off with some really good uh, energy as it's moving. Uh, you get like a either tambourine or kind of sleigh bells or something going like right away. And I remember in the Oasis episode, you said you really like sleigh bells. Yes, but this one's definitely a tambourine. <laughs> yeah, well, close enough. Okay. They're like the same family, all right? <laughs> um, but to me, Santorini is a definite classic Yanni song. It's one that is like, you know, in every one of his kind of like greatest hits. Or it just, mm-hmm. I hear this one, and this feels Yanni to me, uh, if that means anything. Sure. Uh, to me, what uh, that partly means is this song is going to take you on a journey. And I might use the word journey on every goddamn song <laughs> on this thing, and, and <laughs> even in my wrap-up on the album. <laughs> right. Uh, but that's exactly what this song does. You're, you're going for that energy, and then it relaxes you. It's, it soothes you out. It, it takes you to, like, China for a little bit. You kind of yeah. get an oriental kind of – you get kind of an Asian feel with some of the, some of the different instrumentation that they're using at one point. Um, and then it starts ramping up again. And as you put like those fucking horns, they sound right. so good. Like it, you go every single song pretty much. And this is a perfect example of you're going to get pushed and pulled in different directions and different tempos and different feelings mm-hmm. the entire time. Uh, and I think this is this is one that just gets you in that that mindset immediately. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I was just going to mention. So I kind of mentioned like an ABA form. You kind of you have the the A section, which is the the seven eight, the the heroic with the with the mm-hmm. you know the tambourine and the horns, or, that, sl- or sleigh bells, maybe. Or, no, it's tambourine. <laughs> Trust me, fine. I'm one hundred percent sure on that. <laughs> and it comes back at the end, so there's your return yeah. to your A. And then the middle section, it slows down. It features more of Yanni on the piano, and then it does it. We, we somehow randomly switch to this very sort of Asian pentatonic feeling. Sounding, he switches to a keyboard. Uh, he one thing he does quite a bit actually is he uses a sound which um, may sound like a sort of um, I want to say kodo or sort of Asian sounding instrument. But what I really think he's doing is he's actually mimicking the sound of the bazooki, not bazooka, 
That's Bazooka Joe. That was no. a good bubble gum. We, we did that all the time when we played baseball. Yeah. No, the bazooki is a Greek guitar. Hmm. Um, and it uses utilizes double strings. So like a 12-string guitar for us would be every string is doubled. It utilizes mm-hmm. that, but I think it only has a grouping of three to four strings. I'm not 100% sure on that, so I don't want to – I'm not going to – but uh, it doesn't use – and I know it doesn't use six, but it doubles each one. And so it creates a very sort of unique sounding instrument, which is very, um, think of the song Zorba the Greek. That's what it's called. Okay. Are you familiar with that one? I've heard those words together. (laughs) Uh, I might have heard the song before, but it's not ringing a bell right now. That that leading instrument on that is a uh, is a bazooki. Okay, nice. So uh, he's using his synthesizer to create that sound. He doesn't actually use a bazooki player, which uh, is fine. And you know, this is new age music. It's the genre of synthesizers with natural sounds. You know, so th- that itself doesn't um, necessarily bother me. Uh, plus, I'm sure you know he's he's used to playing with his band, so he's just going to use what he's used to using, just adding the orchestra. I'm sure I'm sure at some point he's used an actual bazooki player for for things, yeah. be, just because you know just he obviously um, being born in Greece and 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 having that heritage obviously has embraced it because you can hear it in his music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, did you have anything, Dad? This is a good song. I like it. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. And and for some reason, now I'm kind of hungry. I want to go to BJ's and get a Pazuki. Do you ever have one of those? Those things are awesome. No. Oh, it's real good. <laughs> okay. To the next song. Huzzah. All right. So then we go to the next one, which is called Keys of Imagination. Adam, would you say he takes us on a journey in this song as well? There is an absolute journey <laughs> in this song. Not like I can't stop believing journey, right. but like, you know, a journey. Like journey. we're going somewhere. And we're going on a journey because, you know, this star- this song gets us moving slowly. It's definitely a slower thing at the start. Yeah. About a minute and a half in is kind of when it starts to kind of kick into a little yeah. bit of gear. It sounds very, the very, the, the first as you said, a minute and a half, and maybe a little, little bit more of that. Yeah. To me, feels very cinematic. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's about one thirty. It starts moving, and then a whole another minute later, it's like then it's like yeah, exactly. Starts- Cinematic's a perfect word for it. Yeah. Because what do you do in cinema? You go on journeys. You're taken for a mind ride. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that. Uh, how about we'll talk about it instead? Okay. <laughs> instead of just no, no about- I just want us to sit here for about twenty minutes in silence and think about that. <laughs> 
I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> well, it's probably because I don't have any pants on. <laughs> yes, and we're, for once, uh, we're in the same room together, which doesn't happen very often. No. Once the thing picks up, I mentioned before that sort of 7-8 feel, that 7 feel, it definitely comes back. You're going to hear it a lot in what he does because it appears a lot in Greek music. Okay. Um, and then we kind of, you know, he lets, he uh, he does actually, I think, a very good job of letting his other musicians shine, mm-hmm. which, as a composer, some people could say, well, that's lazy. Because you could be like, okay, well, here, you just, especially because he's got these really good musicians who he doesn't really have to tell them what to play. It's like, all right, from here to here, you're going to solo. From here to here, you're going to solo. You don't really have to write anything down. You're just like, yeah. you're going to play, you're going to make something up, then you're going to make something up. Right. Um, but he definitely lets his uh, his percussionist Kalani shine a little bit in this one. Again, uh, we get a little bit of sort of a Middle Eastern feel. Yeah, exactly. Um, you get the oboe sound, which is, you know, when you think of, it's funny, when you when you watch movies that have like the, the stereotypical like snake charmer basket. Mm-hmm. The sound of the instrument you usually hear is an oboe, but the instrument they're playing is never an oboe. <laughs> it's like a flute of some yeah. kind. It's a sort of weird flute uh, that they that they actually use for that sort of thing. But because it's orchestras recording the music, instead of finding someone who can play that, which I'm sure is not an easy instrument to play, they just tell the oboe player because that has that sort of mm-hmm. sort of nasally sound. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of hear that a little bit. Um, before he kind of brings us back to, not what he played, I don't think, in the beginning, but uh, back to the, the second section where everything started to move a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this song definitely goes through different phases. Uh, you know, you're getting definitely going on that journey, as you mentioned. I I really appreciate uh, this version, uh, mainly because, like, this isn't the version that I normally hear. Like, mm-hmm. when, as I mentioned before, like, the Ultimate Yanni is probably the album I listen to most, which is just kind of like a two disc best of. Right. And those this, are and those are his studio versions, right? Yeah, for most of his stuff. Most not of every stuff. some of it is some of the live versions. Okay. But the for Keys uh to Imagination, that version is, I think, the studio version. Um and so it was very I fun for me because like I know, you know, how that song, you know, quote unquote should sound. Right. And then, like, I just get you get slightly different variations in mm-hmm. the instrumentation, or just like some. I, I just remember hearing like some added like snare, like taps, just every now and then. Right. And this one that was just kind of like, oh, that adds a little layer I didn't know, or I didn't realize before, or right. you know, it's getting it different for me. And so I really appreciate that. Well, that I, that's what I think is actually really nice about live music. Mm-hmm. And you hear it a lot if you go listen to a band. Sometimes they'll play it. Not they don't always play it exactly the same way. That they did on the album, they'll change things up depending on what it you know what it is. I'll give you kind of a actually an interesting example. Uh, about 2007, yeah, I think it's about 2007. Do you remember the uh, the song um, "Crazy" by uh, Narls Barkley? Yeah, that made me crazy. First of all, I think that's a genius song. It's a great song. And it, it's very simple in its composition, but it's it's such a genius song. Um, I. My wife and I were lucky enough to actually go to the Grammys that year. Like we actually went oh, to the Staples wow. Center and sat in and watched the Grammys. And he performed that song, mm-hmm. 
but he completely changed it. It completely changed the dynamic of the song. He played it was weird. He kind of played it like a march. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was a little bit different. I remember when Um, I was at first I was like, oh, that's disappointing. I wanted to see him play the actual song. But as a musician, I can appreciate one, you know, musicians get sick of playing the same thing over and over <laughs> yeah. and over and over and over again. Um, you know, you get you'll find some who don't. They just, you know, you'll find some bands who are like, we don't care. We just want the money. We'll play it the same way every yeah. time. doesn't matter. Most musicians, they get bored. They're like, we need to change something up. So, But as a musician, I definitely appreciated um, that. And especially, you know, for, for live shows, when they're, they're playing it, you know, day after day or, you know, week after week, depending on what their schedule is like, they might just want to change something. It's like, let's try something new. And I can definitely appreciate that because mm-hmm. um, I have played – music where or i've played with shows where i had to play the same thing a lot and every so often i'm like you know what i'm gonna do this one different tonight i'm just gonna change it up so i can appreciate that aspect of it so i really don't have any more to say about this one uh we've got there's only about 10 i didn't mention there's actually only about 10 tracks on the album however the whole album lasts for i believe it was clocked in at 69 giggity (laughs) minutes and 16 seconds yeah i i believe they put out a like 35 year anniversary or, or something or they put like a third maybe the 30th anniversary or something like a, another version uh yeah it was in 2018 yeah. uh so is it would have been 35 35 year old yeah 35 anniversary oh, no 25 25 whatever i don't math good um <laughs> apparently neither do i yeah uh but they we, we, that had some more songs on it yeah. probably from the concert but like the one that we're doing is like the original version which is only 10 yeah yeah and actually they did three concerts Back to back to back, mm-hmm. uh, or night every night mm-hmm. um, at the Acropolis. The, oddly enough, the one that got recorded or the one that they used for the album was the first one. So Slaying so. it, Yanni again, killing it, <laughs> killing it, bro. All right, so let's uh, jump into the next one, which is called "Until the Last Moment." No, it definitely you can definitely tell it's a it's a Yanni solo piano piece that they've just added some strings on underneath. What I think add to it definitely gives it a little bit more yeah. from romantic feel. It, it is it does kind of make it make me think of um, all those infomercials you'd see for new age music ones where it's the it's the you know songs of nature. Yeah. It's a piano with strings underneath it. Um, it's a very pretty song. It is. It's a sweet song. It's gentle. Uh, it's kind of a bit of a contrast from the first two that we had. Yes. That we get some like, you know, some some very powerful moments, and then it kind of slows down, and then powerful. This one stays a little bit more constant on like the sweet side. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of nice though. I mean, I I don't dislike the song by any means. It's definitely not my favorite on the album. 
probably because I I'm I still I want a journey every yeah. time. <laughs> this, is, this is maybe my my slowest journey or my least amount of journey. I've I've traveled. You know, this is just hopping from LAX to Burbank. You know, I'm ready to to go all the way across the country or something. Uh, but this is you know, I, it's a very pretty song. Very pretty. It's an yeah. easy one I can like read to or do something yeah. like that. Uh, but it's not it's not my favorite. But it's you know I do like that the overall feel of the album. You are still getting a lot of that like push and pull and here's right. just here's like a here's a little calm before the storm right. if you will it's definitely a song that i would put on if i needed to relax mm-hmm. um and not and be able to listen to something without without it having to be too complex because there's really not too much to the song it's mostly him on piano the strings sort of supporting him mm-hmm. some sort of light percussion sounds but nothing really rhythmic to go with it just you know basically just sort of sound effects that they they'll add yeah. to the song um yeah it's a, it's a perfect song if you wanted to put on your essential oils and you know or do a little potpourri and or, or do your incense. Uh, incense uh and do some breathing exercises yeah and in and out uh, i will say this because I did my listening to this on the drive from Las Vegas to L.A. Not the best song to listen to in the car, <laughs> especially when when you've been at work all day and then immediately take the four-hour drive uh, down there. Like, oh, okay, I got to get through this song. <laughs> it's really pretty, but I got to get through it because I got to yeah. stay awake. Yeah. Um, well, if you want to wake up, John, I think maybe it's time for the next song. I think it is, too, because I, I'll be honest with you, Adam. This next one's my favorite. Hands down my favorite. It's not even fucking close. Yeah. Uh, And I will say this. This next one has been my favorite since I was a teenager. Oh, yeah. Easy. Uh, And then we were talking about a song called The Rain Must Fall. Definitely where Yanni lets his band shine. Yeah. 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 Uh, this song, oh, it's so much fun. It does, you know, it, it it starts off 
nice and slow. It starts off interesting. You have a sort of drums and percussion kind of mm-hmm. gives off with a nice little beat. But the, when the music, when the piano comes in, it doesn't feel like we're rushing anywhere. It's, yeah. it's, it's a slow build. It's a slow build. <laughs> it's smooth. But it is a build. It starts out very simple. And then it builds on, it builds uh, literally on instruments and sonically and complexity until you get to this middle section where everyone's kind of driving. It's sort of that that slow, dramatic build to, you know, where's it going to go? Where's it going to go? And then, boom, the change happens. We kick it, the drums kick it into gear. And uh, Mr. Fierabracci, mm-hmm. Fierabracci, I yeah, have no Rick, idea how to Rick, say your name. Uh, Rick something. But you have been one of my bass guitar heroes since yeah. I ever heard this solo. Man goes to town. He does. Uh, absolutely. Like, this, to me, is one of the, like, premier bass solos I've ever heard in my life, honestly. I, it's just, I mean, there's other great, obviously fantastic bass solos, for, but for some reason, this one just gets me into a mood. It really, like, makes me just just fucking go nuts. And, and yeah. part of that is probably because there is, like, a three-plus-minute build up to it, and you're just kind of like, all right, I'm just kind of going, I'm just kind of going, I'm just building, I'm building, I'm building, I'm building faster, I'm building faster, and then and just funk. And then, yeah. boom, slap in the face with some funk. <laughs> <laughs> slap in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it builds the tension right up to that point. And uh, what I really do actually enjoy about uh, this guy's bass solo is that it is it it sh- it has a you know it has its moments of showing off, but it's still musical and lyrical in itself. It it in itself is telling a story. You hear a melody that he's playing, like mm-hmm. you can sing it. Yeah, like if it was just sort of like funky noise. Dun. And it has that. <laughs> Shut up! I'm close enough. <laughs> no, you you weren't far off. You know it it uh, in, in it doesn't. It's not just sort of a technical bass solo where you hear a lot of slapping with no actual musical context, yeah. and it has sort of quick moments of that where he'd throw he'll throw in these little flashes, but his he actually has an overall arc to his solo. Yeah. I mean, it is possible that he had the whole thing like ready to go. And if, yeah. if he was smart, that's exactly what he would do instead of just winging it for a recorded performance. But it actually, you know, it feels like it goes somewhere and leads very well into the violin solo. Yeah. It, don't want to put down the violin solo at all because no. it's a fantastic violin solo. Yes. And it, it builds us to the end of the song. Yeah. And as I think, uh, was it ends? It ends with the violin solo, mm. but I think in a very great way. Yeah, uh, she, you know, does the same thing. She kind of. Uh, I'm assuming it's the his violinist Karen Briggs. Yeah, it is uh, playing that, and uh, it really p- builds to a nice sort of head at the very end. And which is funny because if you think about it, really the song itself was only about three minutes long. Yeah, there really wasn't too much to the song because the whole back half of the song is mm-hmm. him just being like, "Okay, band, you know, Rick, Karen, go to town." Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, sure he sounded exactly like that. When he told him. I'm Yanni. Go to town. <laughs> then pull out his George Bush impression kind of thing, uh, or his Will Ferrell impression of George Bush impression. Yeah, uh, this, underwear. This is the kind of, this is the song that I mean, I absolutely I love. Far and away, my favorite Yanni song, and, mm-hmm. and specifically, this is my favorite version of it. This is the one that is on the ultimate Yanni mm-hmm. uh, greatest hits. Uh, I, I have heard multiple other versions of it, but whatever it is, just the way that the bassist and the violinist were feeling that night just utterly slayed it. Uh, yeah. And it just makes this particular version so special to me, and I just love it. This is the exact song when I'm trying to get someone into Yanni. 
this is the song right. I put them I put on for them. Yeah. And like you know they they listen and they're just like you know they're a minute in and they're just like are you fucking you kidding me Adam? And I'm like just just wait just wait bro. Uh, and then two minutes in three minutes in you fuck come on Adam are really this shit? And I'm just like just fucking wait. And then like you know at three and a half or whenever the right. the bass will kicks in and then they're like oh. Okay. And I'm like, got you. You got got. You just got Yanni, bitch. Uh, and then hopefully they're hooked for life. We need to start a hashtag, you got Yanni. You got Yanni. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, right. Honestly, I could probably sit here and gush about this yeah. song for a long time. Yeah. Um, we're only four songs in. We've yeah. still got six more to go, so yeah. we probably should move on. I'd say for a song that is, it's not the longest one on here, but it's at seven minutes and 24 seconds. Doesn't feel like, for, especially especially once the uh, solos kick in. Yeah, they fly. You, they fly <laughs> and they take you with them and you don't even realize that they're they're going because it, stay, it stays exciting for mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah, and they, they switch up their styles within the solo enough to be able to keep it fresh yeah. and just want to keep you interested. Yeah. All right, let's jump in. All right, so next is kind of an interesting one. It's a medley of two songs called, and I'm yeah, good uh, luck. Acroyali, Acroyali, probably. Right. That sounds all right. And standing in motion. This song starts out with what I'd call spa music. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can kind of see what you mean. Yeah, you know, if, if only there was like that uh, little like mini fountain that right. was going on in the background, like <laughs> under the rocks. You know what I'm talking right. about? That'd be perfect. Yeah, uh, very sort of ethereal sounds. Um, he brings back what I, I think is meant to sort of represent the bazooki. Mm. The sound that uh, I don't think it's the exact sound on there, but it's definitely a synthesizer. You can hear it, and it's I mean it's nice. It's pretty. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's the Acroyali, Acroyali mm-hmm. part of the song. And then all of a sudden, this sort of really synthesized uh, mechanical sound comes in. And that leads us into the next part of, of Standing in Motion. Yeah. And it's an interesting mix. Because here we get that like, sort of a pseudo-electronica feel with the orchestra. When the orchestra comes in, I've actually n- I'm not familiar with the original version of Standing in Motion. Are you? Uh, yeah, I've definitely heard it. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, and it's exactly it's, it's, it's that's not, definitely it's, it. That's definitely it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, I'm, is it? Do you get more of the electronica sounds with just the? Yes. So there's there's you don't have obviously the big philharmonic behind right. that one. Um, and so honestly, 
I don't like that version as much because particularly there's this one moment like, you know, when, you know, they're doing a build and then like they all kind of drop and then they all hit in like the whole the whole orchestra, orchestra hits in and it's yeah. just like, I've been overloaded with sound and it's a good way, <laughs> in a good way. Uh, and so... Yeah, like it's it's it, you get uh, most of it's all just electronic, just like him and his band, and like with the synth kind of stuff right. into it. So, um, which is good, it's good, but like this version is superior to that. Right. Now, well, I mean, uh, you know, an orchestra adds a lot to it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's you know, it's another you know, sixty to eighty players. Yeah. Adding sound to what you're doing, so I, I can imagine that. Uh, very much kind of reminds me of, you know, s- uh, sort of pseudo soundtrack mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but I do, I mean, I just like, I like the marriage, especially because he has the orchestra here. I like the marriage of the electronica or the electronic sounds with the sort of natural, quote unquote, natural sounds of the orchestra going on together. Uh, it's a fun song. It, I think it was a little repetitive, mm-hmm. especially once he got into standing in motion, but still enjoyable, mm-hmm. still fun. It still keeps, it still keeps it moving. You know, I, People who say they don't like Yanni have, in my head, I'm like, well, does that mean you also don't like soundtracks? Yeah. I mean, because it's just instrumental. It's the same thing. Is it just because it's new age that you don't like it? Because if you listen to some soundtracks, some they'll utilize, soundtracks utilize whatever they need to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's new agey sounding stuff. So, eh, that's probably a vast overgeneralization <laughs> that I <laughs> yeah. probably didn't need to, probably need yeah. to say. But eh, eh, it yeah. kind of makes me think of that because- some people they'll knock down things and they're like, "Oh, I love John Williams." Well, I'm not. I'm not at all going to say that Yanni is John Williams. Yeah. However, we're talking about instrumental orchestral mm-hmm. music, um, with varying degrees. Especially in film scores, it's not always just the orchestra. Um, very famously, Hans Zimmer utilizes whatever sounds yeah. he needs to, regardless of what it is. Yeah. Um, and sometimes he will use the orchestra as the basis, but then add all various things into it. So that, especially because you get that different sound in this one, I think is what makes it stand out a little bit to me. Yeah, I, I mostly agree with everything you said. I mean, pretty much to the point. Um, th- this is a really good song. This is one that, uh, I mean, it's it's a solid addition, not even close to my favorite. You know, it's got good Yanni movement to it where it's chill and then it starts off moving and then it goes driving and then it kind of like comes back or whatever, like different different parts of the of the song that make it work well for me as a listener um and yeah i mean it's a it's a good long song uh mm-hmm. repetitive this is one that i can kind of have in the background and be happy yeah. with but this isn't this isn't gonna get me pumping you know that right. that good yanni pump i love it <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's go ahead and jump to the next one which is called one man's dream So this one uh, is sort of similar to I think uh, until the last moment where mm-hmm. it's a, it's obviously a, a Yanni's a solo piano piece that he wrote that he added some strings. I have to say though, first of all, I love the simplicity of the entrance. That's just that four note climb, yeah. bum 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 mm-hmm. bum, and then the very simple rhythmic melody, bum 
bum bum bum bum bum bum. We're not really singing in harmony all that well. No, it's probably my fault. No, it's okay. <laughs> I just, I, it's very simple. And I really like it. Like that every time this one, this is one that comes up and, and gets me unexpectedly every time mm-hmm. where I'm going to it. I'm like, I don't remember what this one sounds like. And then all of a sudden it starts. I'm like, oh yeah, this yeah. one. I think out of the two sort of lyrical ones, I actually prefer this one to until the last moment, just because to me, the, the melody is a little bit more memorable. I can sing along with it a little bit. You know, I can sing the melody uh, if I wanted to, mm-hmm. if I practiced more. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you know, and you get the 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 orchestra. I think the orchestra actually supports him better in this song than I think it did in the other mm-hmm. one. So, I, Adam, yeah. thoughts? I I agree actually completely with what you said. I mean, this is a lot of people who maybe don't appreciate certain things about classical music or like new age stuff might get to some of these slower songs and think that they're boring mm-hmm. and not really appreciate them. I like this one quite a bit. For me, I really enjoy the simplicity of it. This is like by far and away the shortest song on the album at like just over three minutes. I or, think I think it's about the right it length is. for this song. Yes, exactly. It doesn't drag on too much for its like, you know, slower tempo. Um, but to me, this is an easy listening song. It's perfect for when I'm reading, mm-hmm. you know, and I can just kind of drown everything out. It's just a simple, it's very simple to drown everything out. I'm not, you know, I don't read well with, the rain must fall because I just start fucking headbanging. <laughs> this one is absolutely perfect for it. And so it doesn't get in the way of like, you know, anything else that I'm doing, but it is just a sweet, simple song. And yeah, I agree completely that it, it's, it's, it's a really good length. It's not, uh, it's not stepping over itself or yeah, it's not getting itself too complicated. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, it's very enjoyable. Cool. All right. I think pretty much as much need to be said about yep. that one as we did. Uh, we're kind of uh, getting down to the the lower half of the mm-hmm. album here. Uh, we're going on to another one called Within Attraction. definitely another one where he lets his band shine as well um you get uh drum solo percussion mm-hmm. solo violin solo in here yeah. uh, a little bit more yeah i I, re- I love the use of the different instrumentation mm-hmm. uh like the, you get like a congo going on in there or something i think con- it's a djembe Jem- okay djembe i mean it could be it could be a conga okay but i something I, my initial guess when i was listening to it was like, it kind of sounds like a djembe yeah. but, but in general there's there's it's, there's a lot of eclectic sounds yeah. working together yeah. on this song uh, and that and that's what I think does help elevate it, and it's working yeah in a very good way. Um, I love how it, it kind of it seems a little frantic, 
You know, right. uh, you get they have like dueling violins at one point, and it's right. just like it, it <laughs> seems like oh shit, this song's like really kind of going at it. But everything I think works well together, uh, and this is one that I've I ended up really liking. I guess probably the way you put it is that he's just letting the the, <laughs> the uh, artists just kind of do their thing, yeah, and it just it really really works for me. If you're someone who appreciates that kind of artistry with someone's on their instrument, I think it's a good song for that. Right. Uh, we definitely start out the song uh, with that. That classic seven mm-hmm. seven beat sound you'll hear it a lot. I think the solos help because it's a long one. Mm-hmm. It's seven minutes forty six seconds. There's definitely some repetition here. I think maybe could have been cut down a little bit, um, but I didn't appreciate the, the having the different solos and stuff in there because that does kind of cut uh, into it. It allows uh, allows for variation enough to make the song work all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really don't have much to add. No. So I'm good, ready to jump out. Uh, we got the three more left on the album. And fittingly, with our the sort of theme of our uh, our podcast here, the next one is called Nostalgia. This one's definitely a standard Yanni sounding song. Yeah, th- this is absolutely like a classic. Is exactly what I put classic Yanni, mm-hmm. classic Yanni. <laughs> uh, but you know, this is a song that dare I say takes us on a journey. <laughs> I feel I go on a journey on this song because uh, you start off very nice, like piano that's going on, and then things pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good melody to this song. Yeah, I feel I really like it. Um, and then uh, just. There's a lot of intensity that it grows to, right. and I just I love that. And you get that to me. You get that in some of the more, most classic, best Yanni songs. And so this just has exactly that feel. This mm-hmm. is one that I kind of think of as you know. Once I start hearing this one going, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a Yanni song. I fucking know that song. That's nostalgia, <laughs> baby. Um, and yeah, and th- this is this is this is a just overall very strong Yanni. Yeah, I mean, it, there's nothing really that stands out. In this one, it doesn't make it, uh, you know, I, I put it middle of the road. Okay. I put it middle of the road because it's, it's you know, especially in the form of this album, it's it sounds that we've already heard before. Mm. You know, there's nothing generally new. He's using his standard Greek seven rhythms in the middle. And it's not bad. I'm not saying it sounds bad. I'm just saying at this point in the album, I've already heard him do this. Okay. So to me, the song is good. But it's not one that I pull out immediately. Okay. Uh, if, I, if I'm looking for one, yeah. I think it's just a, a slightly higher than middle of the road. Like you're, you're middle of the road, and I'm just a little above sea level. How okay. About that. <laughs> okay, fine. All right. I think that's, that's me. Fair. That's just me. That's you, my. Opinion. I think you just have more nostalgia. For no. Oh, hey, oh, probably, probably. 
All right. Well, let's get swept away in the ninth song, which is called Swept Away. Yep. So a couple things for me about this song. One, it's a marathon. It's the (laughs) longest song in the album, nine minutes and 22 seconds. Uh, Two, it kind of reminds me of like a show opener. Mm. Like if if I was going to go see like Yanni on ice, (laughs) like this is what it would start with. It does have a little bit of sort of standard sort of instrumental cheese. Yeah, a little yeah. bit to it. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's an overall lighter mood to yes. this song than the other stuff. But all that being said, I really enjoy this one. Okay. Uh, there's enough variation that it does keep me interested. Especially we start off with, kind of honestly, it feels like when it starts off, I'm like, oh, this is a sting. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, a nine, a late '80s or early '90s light pop song. Mm-hmm. You know, the beat is different than we've heard and then you have this really cool uh effect with an asian inspired yeah. uh harmonies uh undercutting what his melody is doing and which is cool because it changes the dynamic of what's going on and all of a sudden you know we have this you know as i mentioned the, with the previous song I, I it was it sounded like standard fare like okay i've already heard you do all this stuff here I'm starting to hear new sounds. I'm starting to hear new grooves. And, you know, despite the fact that it is a marathon song, for most of it, and there's probably a lot of repetition that probably could have been cut out, but he does let some of his, you know, musicians shine in this and do solos. I really enjoy this one. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy it a little less than you. Okay. I, I still enjoy it. It's, you know... Uh, this is hands down my least favorite on the album. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's not even a question. You're an insane person. I, well, we have similar genes here, bro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a good song. It's a definite good song. Maybe because you know I like and uh, this album. I want to be a little bit more flowy. You know, just like go straight to the next song to the next song. I, uh-huh. I, I love it when like these new age songs can just kind of flow from one to the other. And this one feels so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't dislike this song. It's just okay. far and away my least favorite of the album. Um, probably because I feel like it takes me away from that feel that I've, you know, that journey I've been going on. <laughs> now I just got pick up and teleported somewhere else, you know? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I had, it's about the journey. It's not about the teleport, the, the teleportation. You lose the journey, John. Uh, it's not the destination. Yeah, it's not the, the destination. So uh, I feel like I've been destinated. <laughs> uh, and I, I want to go back to my journey. Um, and so, yeah, but I, I do, I do like it. I, you know, all the things you said, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, it is, you know, cool that they have different styles and lets, lets the, uh, the, the people, the artists kind of shine in this one pretty well, Yeah. but yeah, overall less, less of my, my thing. All right. That's fair. Mm-hmm. 
All right, and just like that, it brings us to our final song, which is called Reflections of Passion. find this one an interesting one to end on mostly because especially for a concert we're ending down which is a little unusual i mean for an album we've talked about a lot of albums here ending down is actually not really that uncommon Mm -hmm. but for a concert now granted uh pretty sure as we kind of talked about they released other another version of this album there was probably songs that they performed that got cut yeah. from the actual one. They decided, okay, this one didn't go as well. We don't need this one on the album. Or, you know, this was a, an old one that we didn't necessarily need to do. And he was actually, I didn't mention this, but he was doing the, the tour that led up to this concert was was supporting uh, one of his albums. I think it was his eighth studio album, mm-hmm. um, which I had no idea he had that many at that point. So yeah, I think I think uh, from reading the, the page, I believe it was called In My Time. Was the album that he was supporting, but which is a very solid album. Uh, I've got it. You can have it, John. Don't worry. <laughs> it's a good album. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, uh, I I actually really really like this song. Uh, it's you know it is kind of more standard Yanni. Yeah. Uh, where it starts off slow and then it definitely picks up, uh, but it does have you know go back to mostly slow. Um, it's uh, what I like about this one. There's a nice flute in this version that's not mm-hmm. in the studio version that I kind of am used to uh-huh. and so that I've heard more and so it just kind of I, I enjoyed that aspect about this one um, but you know when this song really builds it just it has so much intensity and emotion like there is a lot of emotion that goes in I think to this song and a lot of the mm-hmm. other songs as well that you know uh, it, it makes me feel like if I could see this concert it, like live and in person and just seeing everything that's in front of me and all of the intensity around me and the emotion just swelling up from this music. It's the kind of concert that I could see myself just like just coming to some very, some minimal tears, just how fucking (laughs) how I'm just swelled up with everything and just how like my head's exploding (laughs) from how awesome it is. I hit my head explodes and I cry (laughs) and that's what happens. Uh, But I, I really like the emotion in this song. And so that's why I appreciate this one, and it's uh, it's you know, it's it's definitely on my upper half of this album. Actually, right. I appreciate the song. I think I would have appreciated it better before the last track. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it was in between swept or uh, nostalgia and swept away. Yeah, if it was in between nostalgia and swept away, I think it would have better. I would have preferred to end on swept away. Yeah, so it would have been a fitting title, also. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I the that's just you know my personal yeah, fair enough taste. Uh, you know, you end with the end with the marathon song, which is, you know kind of showcases everyone off. And and as we mentioned, it is possible that they didn't end with 
yeah. this song. They, uh, with Reflections of Passion, they ended with something else that maybe didn't quite make the cut. Regardless of that, it is a good song. Not one of my, my one of my favorite ones. Not one of my favorite of his slower ones mm-hmm. on here. Okay. But not my least favorite of his mm-hmm. slower ones. Probably until the last moment was probably my last. Okay. If I had to rank them all, yeah, but, that would probably be the last one. But. but it sounds like we both still appreciated every single song on this album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, especially, you know, being, a, um, I guess, a finger quotations here, classically trained musician. I mean, I was a classically trained musician. I can definitely appreciate all that went into a performance like this because it's not just the songs you have to think of. It's the performance because this was taped. It was taped live. It was a live show. So it's more than just a studio album. It's. Well, it's not a studio album, it's a live mm-hmm. album. So there's a lot more that, that has to go into the preparation for something like this, you know? In the studio, you can do something wrong a thousand times, and as long as you get it right that one thousand first time, that's what's going on in the album. Yep. Here, you've got to get it right the first time. This is in front of an audience. And even though that he even this is being a album, you can't lose the audience. If you play a song and they don't play it well, and you're like, well, we're going to play it again, you've lost the audience. <laughs> you've lost their initial reaction, their surprise to the song. Mm-hmm. So that they have to get it right the first time. So, And I know that they did this as part of a tour, probably close to the end of the tour, so that they were razor sharp by the mm-hmm. time they got there, which I think really helped, I'm sure. I mean, that's what a, a lot of people would do. This album, I think has been sort of one of my guilty pleasures for a long time, one that I necessarily didn't tell a lot of people I listened to. And then, especially in recent years, because we've had such a distance between here and when the sort of Yanni phenomenon happened, mm-hmm. I found myself in the in a very similar conversation with several people. I'll I'll mention Yanni about something and they're and they will go, Oh, I loved Yanni. Mm-hmm. Or I loved that album or I loved that song. Or you know they'll remember. Oh, the Live of the Crapos. I remember. I listened to that with my parents. A lot more people, I think, actually listened to it and appreciated it than maybe are willing to admit it. Yeah. Because um, you know, it, it. I hate to say it. Well, yeah, I hate to say it because I really don't wish this upon any style of music. As a musician, I appreciate all styles of music for what they are. If it brings you happiness, who cares? Yeah. Uh, but new age music kind of gets got a bad rap and yeah. still kind of has yeah, a bad rap. It, it became like kind of cool to make fun of new age music right and it's just like no guys in, in this day and age with all the different styles of music we have everyone everyone has their thing let's you know let people be happy listen to what they're happy with you know so uh, overall love this album um i don't go back and listen to all the songs all the time every time i go back to this album uh the rain must fall is usually the first and yep. last one i play yep. in in context of everything so uh, just because I've, I've always had a nostalgic love for that song. Yeah. That one that one has always been there for me, uh, regardless of the rest of the album. So um, anyway, uh, that's my take on it. Adam, yeah. your final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, re-listening to this album definitely made me very happy, made me very nostalgic. It's, it's one that, yeah, I don't go back and listen to this one from top to bottom, mainly because I'll listen to, or if I do, it's mainly because uh, I'm listening to it for... Um, just to, to do some reading and stuff like that. But actually, typical, I don't do that with the live albums because I don't really like the cheering right. all that much when I'm reading. Right. And I definitely don't like, there are some times that Yanni talks to the audience yeah. and that kind of bugs me when I'm reading. And so I'll typically go to you know the great, the best hits or, or a different album that doesn't have uh, that, doesn't have any the of the spoken word. Yeah. Um, so there's not going to be any of that interaction. But I really, really enjoyed it. I absolutely 
have a, a big appreciation for Yanni, obviously. And what I just kind of want to end this on is, you know, um, I just want to tell people to go out and try new music. Listen mm-hmm. to new stuff. What you thought you didn't like as a kid or you told yourself you didn't like, you know, things change. Your taste buds change. I, I eat foods now that I never did before. I listen mm-hmm. to songs and music now that I never did before. Go out and try it. You know, give Yanni, give New Age a chance. Give blues, give bluegrass, give country, whatever the fuck you're not listening to right now, <laughs> give it a shot. Uh, because, you know, it's it's not cool to make fun of any music anymore, I've decided. <laughs> Try it all. Um, unless it's like that tube and throat singing. That's kind of stupid shit. Oh, I think it's amazing. I know. I'm just, I'm fucking kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is impressive. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, to me, this album and this style of music is incredibly impressive. And if you have an appreciation for classical music at all, it's an easy shift for that. And so, yeah, give it give it the old college try. All right. That is our review of Yanni's Live at the Acropolis. Please join us next time as we break down the 1991 film The Giver, review the 1980s cartoon series Mask, and we do a casting of a Mask movie done with actors of today. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram by searching at BlastPastCast. And if you'd like to support us, visit our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash BlastPastCast. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. <laughs>